Hi, this is Kira Buckland, voice actress for some of your favorite anime and video games. Please enjoy this episode of the Monday podcast, a randomized anime experience. And welcome to the Anna Monday podcast. My name is Kayla Hempill. And I'm Colin Hempill. On our show, we roll the virtual dice and must watch a randomly selected anime title. Thanks for joining us. <laughs> Hello. Changing up the formula on yeah. us. Yeah. And then I realized I didn't have that second part, so I didn't know what to say. Ah. <laughs> yeah, I don't even need it in my notes anymore. I say it so frequently. <laughs> I just kind of tune you out when you're talking. Okay. That's, yeah. Well, on our previous episode, we underwent a dangerous surgery in order to withstand the effects of a show called Terraform Mars. It was not successful. <laughs> no. <laughs> Spoilers. You don't have to put that back in. Terraform Mars, which I'm going to have lots of fun saying throughout this episode. Mm-hmm. Began as a manga series written by Yu Sasuga and illustrated by Kenichi Tachibana. It started in 2011 and is still ongoing with 22 volumes to date. And there were also five separate spin-off or one-off sort of related mangas. In 2014, they released two OVA episodes to cover an abridged telling of the Bugs 2 arc, which was soon followed by a 13-episode anime series covering the Annex 2 arc, and that is the show that we watched. Uh, they also did a 13-episode second season called Terraformar's Revenge in 2016, all of these produced by Leiden Films. Additionally, there was a two-episode OVA covering the Earth arc released in 2018, and finally, there was a live-action film released in 2016. This has a large universe for what it is. Yeah, all seemingly kind of covering the same concepts. Within like a 20-year span, something yeah. like that, yeah. And uh, of that 13-episode anime series, we watched the first four episodes on Crunchyroll. Kayla, would you like to give us a synopsis? In an attempt to terraform Mars, humanity sent the most durable creature they could think of to the planet, the cockroach. What they didn't plan on was the lowly creature evolving into unstoppable killing machines. Can an elite team eliminate the threat, or is humanity doomed? I kind of hope they're doomed, because <laughs> that was dumb. <laughs> well, so I don't know about you, but um, I wrote down almost no names for this show. Same, which is weird, because there are tons of names thrown at us. But throughout the four episodes, almost none of them matter. Yeah, and it is certainly a case of one of the characters frequently makes mention of, well, half of you are going to be dead by the time we're back on Earth or whatever. And they're setting up this, like, you know, people you care about are going to die. And, like, all of these characters that we give story and they seem like they're important, they're all going to die. Except they all die really fast. And we're kind of getting their stories after they're dead. Yeah. 
So I imagine we're going to get more story post episode four because a good chunk of the people have already died. Yeah, and I'm sure we'll get into it. It feels like really cheap shots. Mm -hmm. Like they're doing a pretty poor job of setting up the characters, making you invested in them, making them at all likable, anything like that. And then... Yeah, they do. They hit you with the death, but then they try to retroactively make you feel bad about it. Which I don't. Yeah, no, definitely not yet. And it's one thing to like set up a character who you thought you knew and then have flashbacks to like, actually, they were different than you thought. That's a way that you can set up character development in an interesting way post-mortem. But that's not what this is doing. They barely introduce you to a character. They kill off the character. And then you get flashbacks to like why they matter to other people. Right. Who may or may not matter, may or may not be killed off. Yeah. Yeah. And and I think there, there are maybe a couple of instances where we were seeing things that might have happened in those OVAs that were... Uh, kind of a, a prequel to this part of the series, the Bugs 2 arc is what it's called. And they talk frequently about that mission and what happened. So they're obviously like filling in the details for people who aren't familiar with that part of the story. But like the, the character stuff that they're showing is characters from this current era. And so I can't imagine that those scenes were things like people would have seen or been familiar with. Like, right. it was very separated from the Bugs 2 kind of part. Yeah. If that's the case, that maybe they showed this and, like, you just had to be in on it to care about the character? Uh, maybe. But in an isolated anime series when seemingly, like, this is where they promoted the series and really made it popular, public, whatever they would have really had to do a better job of setting up those characters for you to care about them. So they're setting up this character, Sheila, who the most we know about her, she has a crush on the like lead captain. Mm -hmm. And that's it. That's basically all that we know about her. And she dies pretty immediately after they land on Mars. And it's like this big scene like the captain is like holding her in his arms and like another guy is like you know like don't don't like waste your breath like you gotta hold on yeah and she doesn't and it's it's takes quite a bit of airtime, and you're just sort of like okay yep and then the next episode we start getting all these flashbacks to her as a kid and how, you know, other other people that have also traveled to Mars interacted with her. And so then you're starting to see her as a character and see her grow up and see her aspirations. Yeah, it, it was like completely unclear to me up to that point that she was like childhood friends with some of the other people, and maybe they had mentioned it, but, you know, they've been so kind of inconsistent about character development that that was never a focal point until she was dead. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and even flashbacks of like what seems to be recent history. It was like while they were on the ship on their way to Mars of like scenes that we did not see. Yeah. Of like, oh, you've got to learn this amount of Japanese to be able to tell the guy how you feel. And mm -hmm. that is supposed to be like her final moment in a like two minute long scene of her gasping and trying to produce a word. Uh, really just like bad scene, bad character developments, all really falling flat in what is supposed to be kind of a shocking emotional moment. And I want us to get to story because at least there's kind of something we can talk about there. But I think what is hard about these, at least these first four episodes, is that there are so many characters and it's really unclear like who I'm supposed to follow. Because even the first character that you're introduced to, and you get quite a bit of time with him, mm -hmm. he's almost immediately put in the background. Yeah. As soon as he enters into the group, it's like the first 10 minutes of the first episode do not matter. Yeah. So that's Hizamaru. Mm -hmm. um, his opening scene is like, he is desperate for money and uh, for help with his like lady friend who is dying of a mysterious illness. And he is basically fighting people to the death for, you know, rich clients to watch or whatever. And uh, they send in a bear and he totally smashes it. Uh, and they're like, oh, that was not supposed to happen. Um, and that's where you kind of briefly see that he probably has some, like, biological abilities that give him super strength and, and something. I mean, to be fair, he definitely seemed to have temporarily died. Yeah. And then that, like, triggered his, like, bio response. Yeah. And um, after that match, he, he basically gets recruited by these UNASA. Mm-hmm. Uh, these folks from UNASA who who uh, were trying to save his lady friend, but it was too late and she's dead. But now you have the opportunity that we are offering you to help people like her to rid the world of this disease. And then all of that is like almost immediately thrown away. Yeah. So he has to undergo some sort of surgery in order to make him more adaptable to living on Mars. Mm -hmm. Which has been terraformed, but is not like 100% Earth-like. Yeah, it has like an atmosphere, and it has algae and some bodies of water, and that's basically it. And they don't really tell you up front what these surgeries are, but within the four episodes, you discover that it's some sort of... DNA, it's like a DNA splicing sort of situation. Right. With other animals. Animals, insects, things like that. Things that they think would help them fight these cockroach hybrid things. Right. And survive on Mars. Yeah, and I mean, you say 
you discover, but like it was pretty obvious. Oh, we were sure, sure. we were positing as soon as they got this surgery to help them adapt, like, oh, you're getting bug juice. Yeah. You're definitely getting bug juice to help fight the roaches. And so it's known, I think pretty much within the first episode, that they had sent roaches to Mars to like help with the terraforming because I think it was difficult for other bugs to like survive on Mars. It's really unclear why cockroaches. Yeah. Other than the, you know, the stereotype that like, I don't know if it's a stereotype, but the idea that cockroaches are really difficult to kill. And since the hundreds of years since they've sent the cockroaches, they have evolved into humanoid killing machines that don't really have a clear reason why they're killing. They're just killing to kill. And Earth is like, we have to put a stop to this. Because now there's some sort of virus that's tied to these cockroaches that are killing people. There's a lot of weird things going on. Yeah. And um, I mean, let's like the the main character goes up to Mars under the pretense that this disease is somehow making it back to Earth. And under like the idea that these are just big bugs that we need to squash and we have tools to squash them. But, like, when they arrive on Mars, it's immediately apparent that the roaches have society and intelligence and civilization and tools, and they have built buildings and, like, all of this stuff, and they are immediately just completely overwhelmed and underpowered. Uh, and, like you said, half of them die off in the, in the final minutes of these episodes, basically. And a lot of that has to do with the fact that most people, so everybody's had this surgery of some sort of splicing with some sort of animal, but in order to activate your biological thing, you have to take this medicine, which has no other name than medicine. You have to take this medicine that kicks in that that biological component and somehow the cockroaches know about it and like immediately go for the supplies yeah they sneak on the ship and like just destroy what is essentially like a month's worth of this this medicine that was supposed to help them fight off yeah and so they only have enough for a very limited time which i'm sure will come into play And all the data that they had about these cockroaches is out of date Mm -hmm. because it's from like the last time that they came to Mars, which was at least like a few years ago. And so they're just so woefully unprepared for what's going to happen. So there are tons of people that die. A lot of nameless people. There are, it seems like hundreds, hundred people on this ship yeah and a lot of nameless faceless people die and then some people that you've been following and it's it seems like it's just going to be a constant massacre from here on out and they're just waiting for an emergency ship to come take them back to earth yeah yeah i mean there's there's a couple other like minor sort of plot details like 
different people in this crew have like ratings called Mars ratings and it's like a ranking system for how powerful they are and stuff like that, which all and just like so many disconnects about like, where does this information come from and why is your info so wrong and who is like making decisions and why do people just stand around when there are roaches and none of this is like connecting for me. Until I think the very last episode when we see the like power activate in one of the high ranking people and he turns into a huntsman spider like hybrid person mm -hmm. and is able to eliminate a bunch of the roaches. And then like this big title card flashes with like his name on it and his power ranking and like photos of spiders and <laughs> And then I realized, oh, this is this is just them doing like a weird shonen thing where they're gonna cycle through all of these characters with different animal abilities and just pit them in in action sequences against the enemies, making like the entire rest of the show completely inconsequential. But the remaining question is like why? Are they even trying to make us care about stuff like an entire episode of backstory on this person who's already dead? Mm -hmm. And I don't know the answer to that. It kind of reminds me. I don't know if you ever read these books. It kind of reminds me of like the Animorph books. Uh -huh. Except I think a lot of people kind of make fun of those books. But if you like read them through, they do actually have like story and heart behind them and they're all kind of morbid it's it's yeah. actually a really weird series for for young kids to teenagers but it does have that feeling of like okay is there gonna be something that matters about the fact that they're like a hybrid does like is the fact that this dude is like part spider is that like a thing or is it just like yeah, spiders are good at, like, hunting other kinds of bugs. And, okay, now on to the next one. Because there are so many people. Yeah. And I imagine, like, even when I was looking, you know, I was looking up stuff to write in my notes, there are so many characters that I don't even, like, realize that we've met or maybe we haven't met them yet. There are a ton of people that we're going to have to keep track of. So I don't imagine we're able to stay with anybody very long. All right. Well, with that, I think we'll take a quick break and we'll come back to talk about animation and the production and all of that sort of stuff. We're in the home stretch now. Settle in for a short break and we'll be right back with more anime. Welcome back. So, Colin, what are your thoughts on production and the animation and the music and all of that? So w one thing that we briefly have to talk about with this show, because it was kind of a big deal when it was first airing, is the censorship. This show, and I guess 
really by proxy Crunchyroll were widely criticized um, because the version that they got when the show was airing live um, was highly censored for TV because of the violence. And it wasn't so much that it is censored so much as the way that they went about censoring it, which is essentially to keep all the scenes in place, but to literally black out half of the screen at a time. Uh, sometimes like putting literal black circles on top of like people's heads that are rolling around or, mm -hmm. or things like that. And so um, a, a good chunk of the scenes in this show, uh, even the, the crunchy roll version that we got in the States were this version. Eventually, I think probably around the Blu-ray release or something, they, they got the uncensored version. And so you can watch that on crunchy roll as well. Because Kayla typically doesn't do that kind of stuff yeah, a whole lot. I have a squeamish stomach. We did watch the TV version, um, and so we got to see some of those black bars and, and things. We also watched an uncensored episode as well. Um, and, and I actually went back and, and watched some of the scenes from the first episodes just so that I can have a, a talking point about it. and. I, I think the thing that I want to say about that is that um, it actually dramatically lowered my opinion of the show, as as difficult as that is to believe, because it was already fairly low from the first time we watched it. In that, what Kayla and I watched the first time was, oh, the bugs are on the ship, they're killing a bunch of people, people are like screaming in terror and horrified of the scene. And you could maybe perceive that as scary or horrifying in some way. And um, that was giving the show too much credit, I guess, <laughs> because you could see that they were killing people, but you couldn't see what was actually happening. And when you see it uncensored, you realize that they think they're being really edgy and extreme, and it comes across as almost comical, but they're not in on the joke. Uh, so if you think of something like a Mortal Kombat, which really knows what it's doing with the violence in the sense that it is a dark comedy at its core, that's not what this show is, but they really think they're being edgy with it. So without going into details about like specific instances of that. Thank you. That's, that's just what I took away from seeing the version that everyone was desperate for. I don't think it helped. And I think a lot of this show, if you look at what they tend to emphasize in terms of what they're drawing and how they're drawing it, I think it really shows that the purpose of the show is about watching people get unalived. You know, it's, <laughs> it's, it's a ton of time dedicated to bodies just being laid out on both sides. So it starts off with a lot of human bodies and it ends with, well, not ends, but then we start to tip the balance. And so now there's both. Mm -hmm. And even in the first episode, before we even get to Mars, 
with the with the initial character fighting a bear, it's really violent and it's I mean it's it's gory and it's gross and <laughs> gross for me at least. And I was I was trying to pay attention to like what are the details going on with you know the environment and in that first episode in the first scene he's like in a cage but there's so many like bright lights that there aren't any details in the fighting ring it's just him and the bear and the like gory fight and then when you're on mars because it's so underformed really it's just you know the wasteland that we know mars to be with a little bit of algae and a blue sky there's not really a background right it's still all about the fighting it's still all about these scenes where these people are coming together to rip each other apart. And for how much the show is centered around that with its storytelling, with its lack of character development, with the animation, it's it's kind of sad that this version of this show or this version of horror really is just about like gore it's it's only scary in that it's gross to watch like there's some horror that is unsettling because it makes you deal with your own mortality this is just a ton of people being ripped apart yeah it's just gross and and it doesn't mean anything and I think a really upsetting part for me is that I really hate the character designs in all of this. You don't say. <laughs> because a lot of the characters are drawn really awkwardly. Like, they have weird placement of accessories. So the girl I was talking about earlier, Sheila, she has these barrettes in her hair that are right where her ears should be. Yeah. And it makes her look like she has like pointy elf ears, but then her hair will move in a way that you'll see her actual ears underneath her hair. And it's it's very off-putting because it's just confusing to look at. And everybody kind of has these little weird, awkward things about them that make it just kind of hard to look at them even when they're not being yeah torn apart yeah and I, I mean a lot of this is you know the crew is wearing like weird flight suits or weird armor or things like that but even the first sequence with hizamaru fighting shirtless like that is kind of the best instance of showing how weird these character designs are because he's he's absolutely built but like in a really weird unnatural way where he has like an enormous neck just huge and muscular and way too tall and a tiny head and huge shoulders and huge biceps and pecs and then like a weird scrawny legs sort of thing going on and it just doesn't look right at all and then you apply weird spacesuits to that and it gets weird as well but he almost immediately gets scaled down. Yeah. When he's in comparison with 
people that are actually supposed to be like, like the big Russian dude or whatever. Yeah, like that are supposed to be huge and kind of, well, I hate to use this phrase now that we've talked about bears, but bear-like, you know, that he suddenly looks a little more average. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, well, is this like a super ripped dude? Is everybody like the standard of ripped and now he's just average looking? It's kind of weird, the inconsistencies episode to episode. And then you put them in comparison with the space bugs. Yeah. Which are just the most off-putting sort of enemy, like, character monster sort of design I think I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Um, they do not look scary. They mm-hmm. look dumb. Yeah. They are, like, eight-foot-tall humans mm-hmm. with a 12-pack. Yep. And like weird roach face. And it just, it doesn't look scary. It doesn't look intimidating. It looks like a joke that they put in. It's not even fully a roach face. Like from the eyes down, they have like a normal face. It's just like real scrunched up. So they have these big, huge doe eyes. And then they have a human nose right underneath. And it's very, very tiny and a little, little human mouth. Uh And then like... Three chins, but not like because they're heavy, because because they're a roach, I guess. I also found it really weird that they have like very human feet. I don't know why I expected them to have more like roach-like appendages, but they definitely just have like the occasional like antennae like coming Mm -hmm. out. Uh, finally for me, there, there's also just some kind of technological sort of limitations in this show that are really apparent. Um, you know, it's, it's all computer rendered. I think like most anime are, this show shares some limitations that I see in something like Steins Gate, which mm-hmm. came out around the same time. And maybe it's that they were using the same software and that rendering just kind of does this to everything. Or if it was a popular style at the time. But any light-colored surface glows way too much and has this sort of halo effect around it that is really unnatural and weird. Everything is kind of tinted blue. Um, Anytime there's like a color gradation, it has all this banding on it. And even though our TV has like, uh, you know, functionality to try to improve gradation, like it is very banded. But in Steins Gate, where that is kind of a technical limitation of whatever they were using, the art direction helps overcome that. Mm-hmm. But in this case, where you have these weird character designs and kind of ugly environments accentuating the uh, technical limitations and the, the weird effects of that, it really just doesn't look very good. Um, whether that's an action sequence or a character kind of sequence. I think overall for me, I was trying to go into this show with as little bias as I could, knowing that I am not a fan of horror and I knew that this was going to have those kind of vibes to it. This show has like the worst parts of horror for me. You know, I kind of mentioned before, like, Movies that are gory just for the sake of gore are 
really off-putting for me because it just makes death really meaningless. It, it kind of centers the story around how many people can we kill off. And I don't find that particularly entertaining. And so when you try to wrap like a genuine story, like you're not leaning into the campiness of what movies like that can be. It, I feel like it's just a big waste. It's a waste of a premise. It's a waste of, you know, whatever you could have done with this show because you just made everything so cheap and you made it about like shock value. And I think for me, one of the most frustrating things, and I, this happens a lot and not just in horror is they very specifically are fridging characters. And if you don't know what that means, it's typically it's about women is that you fridge a female character by killing her off for the purpose of furthering a male character's character development. And there are three girls that have died in this show in four episodes that have furthered a male's character development. Yeah. So we talked about Sheila. There's the the first guy, his lady friend. And then there is a sister that we had no idea they were related until <laughs> she died. as her head was yes. coming off. Sister! Yeah. And so... They've done this three times in four episodes that they have given a character, a female character, the sole purpose of dying so that some male character can look back and be like, this is why I'm fighting is for your memory. And I hate it. (laughs) And I'm so angry about it. And there's more female characters. So now I'm like, how many more of us are going to have to die? And it just... It just, to me, it's so lazy. And it just shows that this kind of show was not designed for me or anyone who has my kind of taste because they really just didn't care about the characters or the story. They just wanted to 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 gross you out with violence. And especially in a country like Japan where, you know, there's a lot of, countries that show way less violence than we do here in the states this really was for shock value alone well it's i I would characterize it as fetishization of violence of women of whatever it is that will make people watch this even though it is like categorically bad (laughs) i don't think anyone thinks there's like i don't know story value or character value here hopefully (laughs) um but people will defend, like, what they want to... Of course. Yeah. I started paying attention really early and, and taking notes because I I saw some signs early on. And within four episodes, this 100% fails the Bechdel test. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm aware. <laughs> like, even the, the most basic sort of, uh, you know, bottom tier standard, it does not meet because... Mm-hmm. Uh, even the one woman who seems like she's going to be a uh, leader in the group, mm-hmm. she's high ranking, she's going to kill a lot of bugs, uh, like got to make jokes about her bust size, got to yeah. make, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. 
there's literally two guy characters who completely unexplained seem to have a rating system uh, of women that is either positive or negative boobs, mm-hmm. and that's how they rate their female coworkers. Yeah. Um, but like, it's not actually talking about their boob size. It's it's that's their value yeah. is this woman is positive or negative. Yeah. And so all of that is gross. I have read that there is also like racial imagery and right. all sorts of not surprised all sorts of stuff. And then, like you said, the the like complete reliance on shock value, gore, all that kind of stuff with zero substance beneath it. So like if I had to kind of condense my thoughts about this show, I can overlook things like character designs and, you know, maybe sort of lower budget animation and stuff like that. Those are things I understand that like I may not connect with an aesthetic and the show doesn't have to be the most wonderfully animated high budget thing in the world. But like, this is shameful stuff, in my opinion. <laughs> uh, the core kind of ideas behind the show, the motivations of the people writing it seem just all in terrible. Uh, and so, so I don't know. I guess I'm showing my hand a little here, but <laughs> yeah, I didn't, I didn't like it. Yeah. I didn't like it. But would you watch more of it? Uh, no, I would not. <laughs> so this show came out in a time when I had like just moved to Austin, I think. And so I didn't have a whole lot of local friends, was not married, had tons of free time. And so I was watching generally anything that came out during a season. And I think I made it an episode and a half into this and then was like, this is, <laughs> this is not, no. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've had to watch more of it now, and I, I don't, don't want to do any more ever again. <laughs> I would also say that I would not watch more of this. And, and like I said before, I know that I'm already not super into horror, but we've been talking a lot, you know, about what has been changing in the horror genre. Yeah. And there can be really interesting, compelling stories and characters that are being presented that are we're seeing even for someone like me who is wildly uncomfortable. But this is not one of those shows. Yeah, I can't even recommend it for somebody that like wants to watch something for shock value. I'm sure there is something more entertaining to watch yeah. <laughs> rather than like watching this mess of a show yeah and and i mean there is still value in like a campy slasher for sure and like that's why that genre has kind of stuck around and some of the older ones are problematic to a degree yeah Yeah. but like there is value in that type of horror and that's not what this is it wants you to really take it seriously i've been able to get behind some campy yeah slasher even if I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, that's not what this is. <laughs> no. Okay, let's quickly get out of this. Let's move away. 
If you want to learn more about our show, you can visit our website at anamonday.moe. That's anamonday.moe. You can send us questions and comments to podcast at anamonday.moe. And you can find us on Facebook and Twitter. Our username is anamondaycast, and you can find links for that on our website. If you want to join along in the fun and the horror of uh, randomizing your own anime, you can go to our website, anamonday.moe slash random, and uh, try out the randomizer and uh, generate some of your own shows and maybe find something great, maybe find something terrible. Uh, Finally, thanks to C2A for providing the intro and outro music for our show, which come from the Senpai EPs available on Bandcamp and other major streaming services. Let's try to get a good roll this time. We will try in three, two, one. Okay, uh, our anime for the week is We Never Learn, Bokuben. And the first episode is called Genius and X Are Two Sides of the Same Coin. Hmm. Yeah, uh, this is a more recent one, last few years. Um, Everybody has colorful hair. Yes, it, it is fun and cute. I'm concerned by the boy to girl ratio in this. That could be a thing. <laughs> um Sure. I don't know if I heard anything about this one. Uh, I didn't see any of it while it aired. So I'm already looking at these characters and I can pretty much tell you their personalities yes, right off the bat. Yes. I'm, I think I already know what the show is okay. without having known anything about it. <laughs> yeah, that that's probably accurate. That that doesn't have to be terrible. Also, I could be totally wrong and that would be a fun surprise. <laughs> Do you know anything about this? Uh, no, like nothing specific. Yes. Aside from I've seen screenshots of it. This is so rare that we're both going in 100% blind. I'm excited. I feel like it's been a long time since you've gone in blind to a show. Yeah. This is great. <laughs> I'm also excited we're moving away from horror. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, um, so I guess we'll see how that goes. Um, the next few weeks, we've got some holidays coming up. Scheduling is going to be a little weird. Uh, we'll we'll try to do our normal two-week kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but we'll see what happens, and we'll let you know if anything comes up. Yep. All right. Well, with that, uh, we will see you hopefully in two weeks. And uh, yeah, thanks for joining us. Okay, let's go. Okay. Goodbye. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the anime. <laughs> uh huh. How much would that <laughs> mess up people? <laughs> How much would that mess up you? Well, I wrote the funny thing about our previous episode, so I don't know. All how I we have would to say to is hello and welcome to the Anime Monday podcast. <laughs> you can keep saying the rest. Do it. <laughs> I don't care. You seem to care. No. That's not the part that's highlighted in my notes. So. I'm only supposed to see the highlighted part. Mm-hmm.